Now, everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Painted Black, The Rolling Stones. This is Douglas Fiviani on Everything Old is New Again, joined by the ever-hip David Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First thing that came to mind. Because why? Was we continue our discussion of the 1960s. We're advancing a little forward in the decade uh, from last week. We're joined by my cousin Joseph Viviani. We're going to time travel again. Not just look at this as a like a documentary. We're getting into the mind of someone that was uh, living there. in their formative years, uh, graduating high school in 71. So you basically were 6 to 16 thereabouts in the or 7 to 17 in that range. Uh, in the 60s. So welcome, Joe. Thanks for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, <laughs> we're having a, a great time getting into your mind. I don't know if it's, it's helping or hurting. You might be going to the uh, local Sigmund Freud after this, or we've cured you from <laughs> having to go. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> we're going to take a look, I think, at um, uh, the start of, um, I shouldn't say the start, but something that's been going on in the 60s and developed and was really a problem later in the 60s, and that, of course, is the Vietnam War. Let's listen to Country Joe from Woodstock, 69, just a little and Uncle intro. Sam, need your help again. Got himself in a terrible jam way down yonder in Vietnam. Put down your books and pick up a gun. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun. And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. Now, uh, you know, as you were growing up in the 60s, I find this dichotomy, I find it difficult to, to fathom uh, the fact that, well, in 1970, there were half a million soldiers in Vietnam. So, you know, it started slowly when you were a young child. But as you progressed and got older and got closer to graduating high school, which should be a euphoric time in some in many ways, right. there had to be, in my mind, I don't know, imagining this, some sort of a black cloud in that, gee, you know, there's a draft and it's possible at some point I might be, uh, be doing that. So, and you know, uh, it's something that you, you're not volunteering for, which, which exactly. our military does now, exactly. and we certainly respect that and, and appreciate that, of course. But I'm just trying to get into the mindset of a young child that's thinking that every night. I mean, what was that like? Um, you'd see it on TV, too, right, every, oh, every night. Oh, yeah, you know, you're reminded of it all the time, and um, I definitely was starting to feel it once I got up to, like, 17. You know, I knew that, you know, we had to go and, uh, you know, get your Social Security card, and you had to register for the uh, draft and all that stuff. But um, I was a little worried about it, but not too much. And I don't know why, because I guess I was, you know, too busy uh, playing music and having a good time with my friends. But uh, the realization of it was a couple times when I hit 18, I says, man, uh, I could go at any time. You know, but then, you know, they had the draft. So we had, uh, you know, different numbers. Everybody's birthday was a different number. So fortunately, mine was a high one. But so as you were younger, so it was more or less a, a way of life, I guess. It wasn't something that was like as, as I don't know, as, it, as onerous it, as I'm, I'm thinking it was in some it, ways. It definitely, uh, as I was getting to the end of uh, high school, it was definitely remind. I was being reminded of it all the time. 
you know, my dad reminded me, he says, you know, make sure you get to college, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, um, at the same time, it didn't really matter because if they needed you and you were 1A, you were going, you know, right. no matter how good your grades were. Were, you know? were, were a lot of your, any of your friends that you remember drafted? Um, I, I, you know, that's funny because most of, the, most of my friends, uh, we got out of school, we started working, and then, or I was working and going to college. And I do remember some of my friends that weren't working, some got drafted, and some just enlisted. So, I mean, it was like some wanted to just go because they wanted to get it over with, they figure, you know. But I, uh, I was glad I didn't go. But then again, later on in life, I says, man, you know, they might have needed me. You know, right. for uh, a lot of reasons. All right. So, I mean, there was a little bit of a, you know, a it was, little bit of a cloud there. It was, um, con- it was controversial in my mind. I didn't know what to really think about it, you right. know. And then but if, if they drafted you, would you have gone? I, I would have gone. Huh. I would have gone if they wanted me. You know? yeah. uh, and that may have been affected in some ways by JFK and how, how positive he was. Let's take a look at him back in 1961 talking about we the space race. to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Now, uh, you didn't hear that per se. I mean, you were, well, you heard it. You were seven years old, eight years right. old. Um, but later on, of course, it, when Neil Armstrong on July 21st, 1969, Apollo 11, landed on the moon. And, and uh, well, let's listen to what he had to say when he did that, and we'll talk about it. And we're getting a picture on the TV. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Neil, we can see you coming. I'm going to step off the lamp now. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So as you as the country's is got this uh, war fitting, you know, and there's a half a million people in Vietnam um, that you've also got the dichotomy of this like crowning achievement of the science program of the United States and achieving what our deceased president uh, requested and wanted us to do and achieving that in in the in the decade. I mean, it's, I don't think anybody that, that didn't live through it can really fathom. The space program and the significance. You tell tell me, am I wrong? Uh, no, it was it was so. It was first of all, it was like it, it grabbed you every time you you know put the TV on. There was always something about it, and uh, especially when. The landing happened. I was working. I had to get out of work. I was working across the town. And I'm running home. I'm running home because my mom's calling me at work. She says, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen now. You know, the the landing's happening now. So I got home like 10 o'clock, and it already happened. But they kept showing it over and over again. So there's like, you know, uh, all of us squeezed into my mom's bedroom and everything, watching on this little black and white TV the size of a lunchbox. (laughs) And and so uh, it it was great. It was like, uh, and the, the fortunate thing is that they did get good pictures of it, and we were blown away. Wow, we're on the moon, man. I'm like, so you've got the two things to talk about. Landing on the moon, right. which was one event, and then there was quite some time, a couple of hours, I think, later getting out of the ship and walking right. on the moon. Right, So right. there's these events that are happening that through the night, it was lit for New Yorkers, it was 10, 9, 10, 11, 12 at night, this event. I, mean, I, I can't even tell you when we went to bed that day, but it was definitely, uh, we uh, saw it all. We and and there weren't, watching. you know, there wasn't Star Wars and everything else. It wasn't all the no. special effects. No. This was like, holy smoke. Even now, to this day, you know, we kind of take it for granted. We've got stuff going on on Mars, and we've got robots yeah. up there and looking at the... Well, but we had an actual... And then thereafter, lots of people walking on the moon and riding bicycle. I mean, you should say cars on the moon and kicking, uh, hitting golf balls. And I mean, this was just an unreal it, it time. Was, it was unheard of, and it was like the basic technology that they had back then compared to what we have now. It's amazing that they accomplished it and 
came back and they were all in one piece and like you saw the ship with all the burn marks on it it was coming through the atmosphere it was like totally blown away now when it landed were you at school I, I, sometimes people talk about how they were at school and watched the landing when they were in school you know I should say came back and, and landed in, in the water you know? I, I, I was at school we didn't get a chance to see it because we didn't have a setup for it but uh, I did see it when I got home on the news later on and, and uh, national heroes, and uh, yeah, just, man, you saw him land the thing in the water there, boom, and it was like. And your buddies talk about this, or I mean, like, it was it like anybody not into this, or, or what? Everybody back then that was around my age and my parents' age, we were all into it. We yeah. were all so glad the accomplishment was made, and at the same time, it was like we're. It, it was like you couldn't. Get yourself away from the TV. Nobody said anything. You were glued <laughs> to the TV. Because that was live, too. Yeah. You know, said they rerun it, of course. But you, you right. could have seen all of right. this stuff live and what went most, on afterwards. Most of it I did. Most of it I did. Wow. All right, we'll be right back. See what happened the rest of the 60s. Remind of Joe Viviani and Douglas Viviani. And everything old new again. It's David Cohen. Never mind. Speaking of uh, David Cohen, I mean, do you remember anything with regard to uh, the moon? We were young, the moon landing. We were and really young. I remember also, uh, like, I just had flashes, like images, like you were saying, <clears throat> Joe, about the size of the TVs back then. Yeah, they were really tiny, and and I remember something going on, and I saw some images of guys in spacesuits landing, and it seemed like it it was so so surreal, yeah, right? Exactly. But I, I do remember as a kid, though. As a really young kid, that that everybody was talking about it, no matter oh, what man. age you were, what what background you were, it was just the the subject of conversation everywhere. I I think the newspapers had a field day with it for like about a week, and it was uh, every um, we had uh, to do uh, book reports on it and current events <laughs> reports on it. And well, then what about yeah. Apollo thirteen? Like you know, a couple years later, right? Right. We've seen the movie, but you right. lived through it, of course, where yes. they had the problems and had right. a you know maybe. They were going to die in that capsule, right. and that was a true fact. They were they were literally freezing in there, trying to you know turn save power and everything so they could get back. Um, that was um, it. It didn't affect me as much as the moonwalk right. did, but it definitely we were all worried that hey man, you know we screwed up. We should have given them a little bit more horsepower to get home. <laughs> you know, I need a little more gas. And think about it. We talk about robots and, and technology in the past. Exactly. And, you know, we have uh, the phones that we have in our pockets right now have more power, right, yeah. Dave? Than than, uh, than I think or more thinking power, computer power than these uh, right. vehicles did that went to the moon. Oh yeah, oh different time, different yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, tremendous stuff. I'm enjoying uh, speaking to uh, Joseph Viviani, and we're here on Everything Old Is New Again, and we'll be right back to continue and talk about the music of the '60s. And everything Old Is New Again. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Because I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. 
Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. That, of course, is Martin Luther King from his I Have a Dream speech in July 1963. We're visiting the 60s and trying to time travel with uh, Joseph Viviani here, who uh, was uh, there in his formative years, let's say, from 6 to 16, thereabouts. And uh, welcome back, Joe. Thanks for having uh, you know the time to spend with us here. Great to be here. Um, now, Martin Luther King... Uh, it cannot be underestimated his influence as, as, until, of course, uh, his demise in the late 60s uh, and, and uh, what he had to say and how uh, his peaceful message and uh, peaceful protesting and his bringing to the forefront the, 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 the plight of, of uh, the African-American in America. Um, you know, again, you were a young person during this, so I don't know if all this had an effect on you or not, but um, do you have any thoughts about, you know, um, him as, as a speaker and or as a, as a leader? Um, it, it was a young time for me. Uh, I did remember uh, a lot that it, there was a lot of his speeches that uh, my neighbors were talking to my folks about all the time, and he's, like, making a lot of advancements for the black people and everything. Um, I think that um, he, you know, basically was a big peacemaker. And um, other than that, he really, I mean, he was, uh, he was on top of his game. And I, other than that, I didn't really get too much more into right. his uh, area, his you know his forte and Were stuff. You, do, you, do you remember anything about you know the whole civil well, rights movement? And, I, and I, I do remember a little bit, um, basically, um, but I, I never really focused on too much right. of it. Okay. You know, yeah, and and. Uh, you've got to try to put it in pr- perspective in that we've had the assassination of the President of the United States. Uh, Martin Luther King is, is uh, had that tremendous speech and thereafter marches and so forth and making tremendous progress. Robert Kennedy going ahead and uh, trying to pick up the mantle of his brother, running for president. And then in 1968, uh, this happens. I have some very sad news for all of you. Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice. He died in the cause of that effort. What we need in the United States is not hatred, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Also on national TV, live TV, um, not the Martin Luther King assassination, but RFK occurred right before your eyes if you were watching television at that time. And, of course, he's it's four months after Martin Luther King gets assassinated. He's announced, you heard the announcement that day. He was announcing it that night right there live. And then four months later, he's assassinated. So, again, now you, you've got his brother uh, bringing a positivity in the beginning of, the, I think, the beginning of the 60s. You've got the challenge of the Cuban Missile Crisis, which you Overcomes the challenge of let's go to the moon. Then you've got he's assassinated. Then you got the Beatles and 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 uh, growth of the space program and Martin Luther King doing his thing and becoming a positive role model. And so things seemed to have been getting better. And then boom, now you've got in '68 two uh, assassinations. Like is this is this affecting you now? Like you're getting a little older now. What's what's happening in your mind? Definitely, I was in school. It was like the end of the day uh, when we heard uh, Martin Luther King got shot, and it was a big upheaval in the place. They had a rough time keeping order in the school. 
Uh, what was going on in the school? I mean, you know, it was like uh, like it was like last period, and, and and everybody was like in study hall, and it was like uh, now they're uh, you know getting out of the chairs and they're running up and down the halls, and they like didn't know what to think. So it was a lot of chaos. Um, they controlled it pretty well, you know. But and most and then, of, most of us were like you know fifteen, sixteen at the time, and everything. What about RFK? So like and four months later, I, again, uh, um, like. I was on my way home, I think, when that happened on TV. And again, my grandmother is at home and told me she saw the whole thing on TV. And I was like, man, uh, that was... It was totally unacceptable. It was like she just did not believe that it happened. I mean, just happening over and over and over again. And then it re- had to reflect itself in the music. Let's hear, you know, at the same time, towards the end of the uh, uh, decade in 69, we've got Woodstock uh, happening. I'm going to go right into uh, some a mix of some of what was played, uh, some of the bands at Woodstock. Clearance Clearwater Revival, right? Off to Jefferson Airplane. Into the Who. Which is not here, but okay, the Who is there as well. <laughs> but I mean, that's just a little piece of it. The '60s, the music. Let's talk about that. That was a tremendous time. No, I'm telling you, it was like probably some of the best music that has ever been written was during the '60s and the last part of the '60s, I think. And uh, I actually have that album, the Woodstock album. It's a three LP album. I just have to fix my turntable, and uh, <laughs> it's great because it, it pretty much gives you the whole story. I, you know almost got in trouble because I was on my way to Woodstock and the car we were in overheated and broke down. Oh, no way. Yeah, man. Uh, and right in front of the uh, throughway, the uh, gate for the throughway there. So we had, and believe it or not, it was one of those Volkswagen vans and it ran out of oil. Uh, so it was like, you know, we had to let it cool off and the state troopers actually got oil for us and we put it in and where he says, okay, you can't. There's no more traffic going this way. You got to turn around. So no, no more traffic because there was too many people there already. You the, say it, the, the, you, the New York State Thruway was closed at that point, and so I was actually 15 when 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 it was going to Woodstock. It was 1968, and um, I would have gotten a whole lot of trouble because <laughs> well, you couldn't I was get in, out either. You'd have been there for the three days. At I least. was forget no cell phones, no communication. You'd have been out of touch. I, well, I probably would have tried to make a call to home, you know, by going into town and stuff. But um, I had a couple bucks on me, and I literally had my friends had one of these hippie vans, and we just. Didn't make it. Oh, man. man. But you did. what you did do is we were influenced by the music. I want to see if you could get the guitar out, play a little something that, uh, if you can, that, that okay. I don't know, kind of brings us back. All right. Not everything old is new again. Dot biz. Sorry. Nice. 
Nice. What is that? That is uh, Angie by the Rolling Stones. Now I see where uh, the uh, Eagles ripped off uh, Hotel California from oh, Angie. Oh, yes. Uh, man, I should have practiced that. Next now, time I'll Did practice. you bring a guitar with you on the way to Woodstock? Uh, no. I Actually, uh, the guitar my son has was the electric one, and so I left that at home. But wouldn't that have been the kick? Because if you had a, if you had an acoustic guitar in Woodstock, wouldn't that have been the, the big aphrodisiac for, for the day? Um. Probably, no? you know. Did you yeah. bring your guitar to the beach back in the day? Oh, that, yeah. That? Oh, yeah. I, I like even up like when I had my business with my partner. Like the end of the day, just to like relieve my mind, I would just grab the acoustic, my other one, not the electric acoustic, and just sit on the beach. Get there at like six o'clock. Everybody's going home, and you know. Have a beer and play a couple songs. Now, and uh, again, the, the, the music of the '60s influenced that. I mean, it keeps on hit, hitting you with this. But you became very musical throughout the rest of your life, correct? In uh, some ways, pretty I mean, pretty much. You know, I, I stayed with it for a long period of time and uh, bands and stuff. But um, it's hard to keep it going as life goes on and you have other responsibilities. You know, you have you, to like you're, put you're it aside. Cursed by the the curse of the Beatles getting you involved from from day one, uh, and now you have. It's actually a, a a beautiful talent to have, I think, uh, to be able to, to, you know, play a song wherever and just have some fun and let, let it out. It, it's, um, I, I thank my dad for that because he said everybody needs a pastime. And so he played the accordion and, you know, he played the guitar with your dad. And, right. and uh, so he says, got to pick up an instrument. So I started playing the piano and like my mom's piano was like too heavy to carry to school. So uh, I says, all right, I'm going to try something else. This is what you tried, right? You tried to emulate Jimi Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner. We'll be right back. Say, Charlie, why the arm in the sling? Yeah, I walked straight into that busted street sign in front of Frank's Automat. Well, you must have been really sore, Adam. You said it, pal. I said, say, what's a big idea making a fella trip out there? I was going to sock him right in a kisser. He's all wet. Why, you ought to sue him, Charlie. I have half a mind to do just that. But where am I going to get that kind of dough? Say, I know a fella just got me out of a big jam, and he didn't break the bank. You don't say. Yeah, the law office of Douglas Viviani. The law office of Douglas Viviani? That's right, the law office of Douglas Viviani. Viviani. That's what I said, Viviani. He a straight shooter? He's a cat's meow. He's on the up and up? Doug's ace is with me. Is that so? He's a bee's bees. Well, that's just swell. You have his number? You can call him at 631-681-1910 or email him at VivianiLaw.com. Wait, what, what was that last part? What, email? Yeah, what's email? VivianiLaw.com. Now, back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. I'm here with uh, David Cohen, the rather groovy David Cohen. How are you? Real cool, man. There you go. He's enjoying <laughs> the uh, trip down uh, memory lane, if you will, to the 1960s that we are presenting with uh, Joseph Viviani, having a great time with him. Uh, and I just wanted to take uh, the moment uh, that we have here to uh, announce that we are happy to become a member of the family of the KC 
WJ uh, broadcast from Kansas City, a 5,000-watt station, uh, and the slogan, of course, is The Light. Yeah, Kansas City. Yes. We need to do a road trip there. I've never been there, and it's one of the cities I want to visit. When we uh, do our, we'll do it like a victory tour. I yes. want to go all through the country to every affiliate, but I do want to go to Kansas City for sure oh, to f- ignore the Royals because we're Yankee fans. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we do want to see them. But besides that, the barbecue is tremendous. Oh, got to try there. I, right? I just, right. And the music. And just, it, it's a, everything I've heard about it, it's just one of my top, like, two or three cities. And it's something about fountains. Yet. They have, like, the most fountains, I think, uh, in. Yeah, you can go to the I'm going to go <laughs> eat and, and watch some baseball. and Or the Kansas City Chiefs. And football, yeah. right? Sundays at 5 p.m. on KCWJ. Uh, that's 10.30 a.m. And we are extraordinarily happy to have them on uh, board as uh, one of our affiliates in the Everything Old is New Again uh, network. I have a quiz now. I'm going to present a movie quiz, two of them, uh, a challenge, uh, Dave and Joe, to see if you can name the next uh, five movies in this clip. What we've got here is failure to communicate. What the hell's wrong with freedom, then? That's what it's all about. I mean, it's real hard to be free when you are bought and sold in the marketplace. Benjamin, I am not trying to seduce you. I know that, but please, Mrs. Robinson, this is difficult. Would you like me to seduce you? Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What are you talking about, Hal? All right, there we go. Anybody remember the first one, Failure to Communicate? Yeah. Which is? Uh, oh, that was Cool Hand Luke. And the next one, man. They said that every two two words in this movie. Uh, Joe? Um, I think that was easy, right? There you go. And uh, Mrs. Robinson, we know that's the graduate. That's right. easy. Right. How the Space Odyssey, you got to get that do one. that, Dave. What about the last one? What was that? That was definitely Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds. Yeah. That was, we all saw that and freaked out. <laughs> and didn't go outdoors for like two days. That was a movie you haven't seen where the birds turned on man, right? Yes, yes. You, and women. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was a great pick. You definitely want to see that movie if you're if you're a big uh, sci-fi horror slash type right. person. You definitely want to see that. Now I'll, that one had a big effect on you, apparently. How about the other ones? Any any uh, ring a bell at all? Or I mean, like did you uh, watch them? Did you care about them? Where, where um, I I watched Easy Rider. Was like eh. The Graduate was a little bit more later on. It was a little bit. Uh, more interesting as I got to become a younger man. Right. <laughs> I was kind of uh, into with. I, I was kind of like being into uh, seduced by an older woman. But anyway, right. it's another story. <laughs> um, but the um, uh, Easy Rider, I was not into all that much at that point. And in what time. about two thousand one? That was yeah. You're a two, science fiction fan. Yeah. Two thousand one, definitely. I remember being like sixteen, and I was going on like a first or second date with my girlfriend, and we were in the movie theater seeing it, and it was. Um, uh, again, we were glued to it, you know, hmm. and then and towards the end, it wasn't so uh, nice anymore because he was being, you know, he was going to like get you were going to like suffocate because he's not opening the doors and they're not right, letting you right. out. But I mean, uh, other than that, like the first three quarters of the whole picture, it was mind boggling. And then the ending, trying to figure out uh, what is this obelisk? What's it all about? Yeah, you know it, what I mean? Like it's kind of a, it wasn't explained to you in full. No, no. So, you le- it left some questions at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was a great movie. But again, just a flavor of the 60s there. I'm going to do one more uh, quiz before we get into something else. He is great. Jeez, that old fat man. Look at the way. 
way he moves like a dancer. Well, cross-eyed. Put another torpedo up the spout, blow a hole in the ice. And get me there! They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! It's a madhouse! A I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. All right, come on, let's get the quiz going. Jackie Gleason's reference there in the the first one, Dave. You remember that one? No, but I know the last one is Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> Just get that out there. Uh, the first one, Joe. You know that one? Yeah, that was definitely the hustler. Now, anybody see the second one? I didn't see the second one. No. We we did a show on sh- movies that are uh, great movies you've not seen. We just came up yes, with a three-show three extravaganza of that. Yes. This one could have been on that list. It wasn't. Ice Station Zebra. Uh, Howard Hughes' favorite movie. He used to watch it every day when he was up in that uh, penthouse in, in Vegas when he was losing wow. his mind, just as a trivia. And what about uh, Coming to Get You, Barbara? Oh, Living Dead. Yeah, Night yeah. of the Living Dead. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one about the madhouse, that was me actually screaming, you know, uh, Sunday night when I can't get everybody to sit down for dinner. <laughs> uh, or what was that, that one? That was definitely Planet of the Apes because <laughs> I recognized, uh, what's his name's voice? Uh, Charles. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, you, hear the, you know the Hitchcock. Uh, yeah, you hear the knifing and the, and the sheet shower curtain. So that must down. have freaked you out too, right? The birds did, then I would imagine Psycho. Psycho was did. another one. Again, everybody smelled for about a week because nobody wanted to take a shower. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> But think about Hitchcock, though. In, on both of those, more psycho than, than birds, you didn't really see blood and guts. You never saw no. that blade hit the person no. at all. No. Um, it, but, but so Hitchcock was big in the 60s, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we even had, like, uh, even in school, in grammar school, we had uh, Alfred Hitchcock books we had to read for book reports and stuff. Huh. And he was, it, it, you could be riveted even to the book. But it was amazing how they had the photography because they couldn't show you that, you know, and plus. You know, she wasn't dressed and she's in a shower, so they couldn't show you that either. But, I mean, you saw the knife, you saw the curtain getting ripped and stuff like that, and you saw a little bit of like fake blood in black and white, you know. Down the drain. Yeah. Like, going yeah. Down the yeah. Drain. I mean, so that even the censorship, if you want to call it, that made that scene, right. or made them be so creative that that scene was. I think better than like you know Freddy and all these characters oh, you yeah. see now. You it know, just, it was uh, it was definitely scary. All right, you got the guitar out again. I'm going to see if you can place this back in the '60s, okay. maybe the late '60s, a little something. I don't know what you got there. Okay, all right. And everything old is new again. Uninitiated, what is that? What was that? Oh, that was uh, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You Now by the by Led Zeppelin. Right, nice. Uh, how influential was Zeppelin uh, in the late 60s? In, in the very first couple of albums, they were pretty... Uh, I was into both guitar and keyboard, so it was, a, it, was, it was a big magnet. You know, I was, like, comparing them with, like, uh, the Beatles and Elton John and stuff like that. Now, Beatles are breaking up or just about broken up in the, you know, Woodstock era. Another year to go, really. So where we... You felt that vibe, the Beatlemania kind of petering out or what? Well, well what the, the, the only good thing... 
thing, and it never really, and I shouldn't even say it that way, there's no good thing about the Beatles breaking up because I was upset about that, but these guys decided to go on their own. And continue it. All right, we'll be right back to continue ourselves. We're not breaking up. We're right here on Everything Old is New Again. The Beatles broke up was was in some ways traumatic, I would presume. Oh, for a lot of people. And, um, you know, like they're four fully talented individuals. And so I, I believe that they didn't want to stop producing music. So they all went on their own. Like Paul McCartney uh, had his first album, and uh, which was a great success. And then uh, later on, John Lennon. And then, uh, of course, George Harrison tried it, but I guess he, he didn't really have the material. And then later on, <laughs> Ringo decided to do a, a couple of things with his own house band. But uh, Paul McCartney, over the years, has held on to uh, wings. Well, think about this now. I mean, you talk about McCartney. He's touring now. Yeah. Again. He's in his 70s. Rolling Stones are touring again. Right. The Who is what's left of them, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're touring again. The Who is in Woodstock, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, who else? I mean, Rod Stewart is touring. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these are all creatures of the 60s that are still playing. Is this 50 years later? Am I saying it right? Mm -hmm. Is is that amazing? Uh, Do you think there's any bands now that 50 years later from now will be playing? Just think about it. I mean, just the quality. That's just me, my own prejudice of the music industry. I don't know that there is a band out there now that'll be around for 60 years. I mean, you know, if they could still hold their instrument at that point in time, you know, I guess they could probably still play. But, I mean... um, But I'm saying somebody that's created now, that's new now. Oh, right now. uh, Yeah, that would be a pretty difficult task, I would think. Bieber, or whatever his name is, is not playing, uh, you know, 40 years from now to attend any any crowd. No, he's not going to be around. Uh, We'll be back. (laughs) He'll just move again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. That is White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, Grace Slick. What I think is, I mean, you don't hear from her anymore. Does anybody know? I'm just off the top of my head what happened to her. I don't even know if she's still alive. I mean, either. She was a cool lady, though, wasn't yeah. she, in oh, the 60s? I, no, I think yep. she's alive. I think she's alive, too, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. But, but I mean, obviously, she's, she's got to be in the 70s now. But I, whatever, I'm going off the... Yeah. That, that's a, a cool... Uh, great song, man. Great song. Oh. Now... I'm going to postulate something to you. It may take a minute, and then let me know if you think I'm right or wrong. To me, the 60s were a very schizophrenic decade where you've got highs with the Kennedy election. You've got high hopes and youth and elation of the country. You had Martin Luther King, tremendously you know, uh, activist. That's a tremendously successful activist. You've got then an assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy. Then you've got you know the Beatles try to heal you know a little bit the 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 country that way, and and uh, and then the Vietnam War is growing. 
and then you've got Martin Luther King assassinated and RFK assassinated. Then you've got 1969, which seems to be a culmination of this with, you've got Woodstock, which that was a clip from Woodstock from uh, Jefferson Airplane. You've got Man on the Moon, these these high highs. You've got uh, the Beatles breaking up and the Vietnam War uh, continuing. And now at this point, there's about a half a million people in Vietnam War soldiers. So so there's this dichotomy. Now, I don't know. I'm going to throw this out to you. I don't know. Um, the highs, the lows, the highs, the lows. The highs were tr- apparently tremendous highs. The artistic I- endeavors, especially the music and the TV and what we heard on the movies. Highs. Movies we still hear to this day. Musicians we still see touring now. And the lows were as low as you could possibly get. The death of heroes in the prime of their life. So, you know, with that, I would think that if I'm growing up in that era and keep seeing this, my innocence is being... Uh, Challenged, and my thought is, do you know what? Maybe I better live for today as opposed to putting stuff off to the, tomorrow and, and whatever. I don't know, but my thought is all of that kind of presentation of this tumultuous time and the huge highs has to uh, and huge lows, I think, in some way has to affect you growing up. Yes or no, Joe? Yes, definitely. They, uh, de- it definitely was a time where you would live for the day. Uh, p- a lot of people were uh, felt the same way. Um, you know, especially like with the assassinations and everything else that blew a lot of people away between Martin Luther King and, and Robert Kennedy. Um, I definitely, uh, and, and the other thing was that, yes, uh, we, we did accomplish, you know, getting a man on the moon and all that other stuff. The Beatles breakup was a big, big problem for a lot of people because these guys, all they wanted was peace in the world. John Lennon, all he ever wanted was peace in the world. And, um, you know, and of course, in spite of all of that, uh, yes, the Vietnam War was still continuing on. And that was all in the back of our minds, too. Are we going to go? What are we doing? Are we st- and it's reflected in the culture. Smothers Brothers talked about it. Right. Kicked off the air because of it. What, right, you know. right, right, exactly. What are we doing there? You know, and the whole thing. So um, it was a big time for like a lot of to sit back and say, yes, let's. Let's, let's live for today, you know, because we might not have tomorrow. And did that feed your, maybe your uh, artistic side? And do you think it fed the culture's artistic side a little bit more, f- infused it a little bit? Because, like, let's, if I have a, something I want to do, I'm not putting it off. I'm gonna, if I want to write a song, I'm going to sit down and write it today because right, I don't know what's happening. Right. It, making it up. I don't know. It, it did a little bit, and uh, it also kept me in the basement practicing more, you know. So I just kind of, like, wanted to go into my own little world and not worry about, you know, Vietnam out there and all this other bad stuff that's going on. Right. It did help so right. not so not everybody like if you look at some of the clips that in the 60s it looks like everybody was protesting and out there and 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 but but obviously not a lot of people were interested in being activists i, right. I assume including yourself right i i wasn't i was like i was against it but i didn't want to be you know out there and getting into like trouble and uh, so i says you know there was uh, um you know they definitely showed me enough of it on TV where I really didn't want to deal with it when I got hmm. home from school anymore, hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I got, after, after that, you know, it was like, you know, okay, we don't belong here. Let's get out of here. Come on, you know? And they knew this, and this is why, you know, so many people, like, and then you had some people, you know, they put the peace sign on the back of the car, and they put the footprint of the American chicken because you don't want to go. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, it wasn't that way. It was all about, you know, let's let people live and let live. Get out of there. Right. right. And, and again, the music of the, you know, the Beatles, for an example, was very, was, very, you know, much, very much so. You know, a presentation of, of you know, that theme. Uh, and whatever side of you are on the issue on, on that issue, I mean, you know, it, let me put it this way. With that said, 
do you feel, and I don't think you have a choice, but do you feel that the 60s was a good, bad, or moderate time to grow up? I think it was one of the best times. The 60s. You were happy you were born when the time I, you were born. Yes, yes. The 60s and the 70s, but the 60s mostly. I was growing up. I had a great childhood. Uh, you know, we uh, moved into a little house in Bayshore, and, and you know, it was, uh, it was a simpler time, you know? Right. And all these assassinations and negative things, you know, did they affect your innocence or did they just become like make you more realistic, but not did it affect your optimism? I'm trying to say that maybe better. Way it, to it, say af- it. it affected me in a way where I should be more aware of looking behind my, my shoulders at times, you know, because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know when the Vietnam was going to war was going to end. And, you know, again, with other assassinations going on, I was saying to myself, you know, there's too much hate in the world. These people need to, like, wake up, you know? Right. Okay. And um, along those lines, there was a little something a little more lighthearted. Sports kind of tries to, to kind of go beyond these issues and give us a little bit of an out. And uh, in 69, uh, you, you had uh, uh, for New Yorkers. Oh, but yeah. also for the country, two, uh, two monumental, really, wins. Let's listen to this a little bit about that. Why don't you try and hit it over the center field fence? Gotcha. Never saw anything like it. I don't know whether to sign him with the Dodgers or send him to Vietnam. There's a fly ball hit out to left, waiting is Jones. The Mets are the world champions. Gary Kuzman being mobbed. Look at this scene. Well, the Jets have done it. The Jets at Baltimore bench right now. They were anywhere from 18 to 22 point favorites. Joe Namath has been named the most valuable player of this game. Pastor Richardson has the ball. The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. All right. Now, uh, again, just to, to just set the stage there, we've got the 69 Mets and the 69 Jets. Mets were the lowly Mets until 69. They were last place. They were horrible. Uh, they were, you know, a joke. The, the, the Jets they were the first team coming over from the AFL to the NFL that actually won. So it brought some, you know, some it made a Super Bowl really Super Bowl, if you, you know, if you want to say that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and of course, pop culture had the, the monsters um, making some fun, having some fun. <laughs> With the uh, with the Dodgers and, and Owen Leo DeRocha, so I mean, do you remember those events? Did they have any effect whatsoever? I, or? I actually remember watching that with the Monsters when he hit the ball, <laughs> and uh, that was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> I do remember the 1969 Mets World Series. I don't really remember the, the Jet Super Bowl all that much, but uh, I do remember the Mets a lot because I worked in Macy's after school, and my mom was there, and we would carpool at home together. And Macy's were big, huge. Huge Mets uh, fans, and it was all over the place inside. We got there, had the Mets banners flying all over the place, and everything. I'm like, I got out of school. I'm like, what's this? Was it Christmas time? Well, here's a question: What was Uh more improbable, landing and walking on the moon, or the Mets winning? Probably the Mets winning. (laughs) You know, it was like it was about it was a long shot for you. I'll tell you that. (laughs) And 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 I wasn't like really again being a Yankee fan. I wasn't really too much following them, but you couldn't. We're again glued to the TV watching it. But now all of a sudden. Being a Yankees fan, now you, you, it's kind of runs a chill up your spine. We have competition again. The Dodgers and the Giants left in, in '57, and now we've, we have a, a cross town rival. That's 
a pretty good team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's a, another little bit of the 60s that, that comes alive a little bit. We started with the 61 Yankees and, and ended with the 69 uh, Mets and Jets. Uh, Dave, uh, any uh, any closing uh, ideas or thoughts on the decade itself? I have 30 seconds. New- <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 60s were an interesting time. <laughs> Many things happened, such as if you had to sum it up, Joe, in in one sentence, what's the biggest takeaway from the 60s for you as you went through life? The best freedom ever. The best time ever for you to just go out the door, walk down the block. You can go to the 5 and 10. You can cross the street. You can go play. You don't have to... You don't have to worry about video games or all this other cell phones or anything else. It was a great time. Cool. We had a great time. Thank you, Joseph, for coming on by I the last pre- two weeks. We really enjoyed picking into the mind of the 60s. Anytime. Thank you. Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Got one minute left for our podcast, and of course the Long Island News Radio or LI News Radio uh, uh, listeners, and we're happy to give them a little peek into the inside of uh, of our show. Uh, David, how do you think uh, we uh, we ended up uh, covering the sixties? We get everything in there. You think we should? I think so. I mean, it was a lot happening, but I think we covered just about everything, right? Oh, and and Joe, we got uh, into your mindset there a little bit. Do you do you think you would be grilled as as much as you were grilled just now, or what? I uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I love the grilling. I'm a big griller <laughs> well we got barbecue guy coming in for uh for a thanksgiving show oh, cool. oh wow man <laughs> speaking of grilling so tune into that and uh we'll be uh right back next week thanks for tuning in and when the gold is new again <laughs>